Welcome to Caregiving Club On Air. This podcast is dedicated to the millions of family caregivers who want wellness tips and self-care solutions, who seek expert advice, and who want news about healthy aging and how to create well-home design in our forever homes. I'm Sherry Snelling, a corporate gerontologist, author, and educator, a TV interviewer, host, and news commentator. I'm joining you from Southern California where our interviews and news take us all across the country to explore the many ways to help you on your caregiving journey and to lift you up here at Caregiving Club On Air. Welcome everybody to Caregiving Club On Air and our first episode of season four kicking off in 2024. I'm Sherry Snelling, your host. I'm a corporate gerontologist and CEO of Caregiving Club and we're excited to have you here today. And we're also excited to have as our expert guest on this episode, Sean Allen, who is the CEO of Instant Jungle. Now, what we're gonna focus on today as we're talking with Sean and also going through some of our other news is on the benefits of houseplants for our health. And Sean's going to give us a lot of really great insights into that. And we're also going to look at how hugs and hugging can be neuroprotective. Now, January 10th is National Houseplant Appreciation Day, and January 21st is National Hugging Day. So we thought it was a perfect episode to bring both of these wellness tips for your benefit for 2024. Um, I have to do a little shout out to my USC 80 Pie sister, Kelly Sylvester who actually works with Sean and at a recent book launch party for my book, Me Time Monday, she mentioned, hey, you know, we do all this stuff in biophilic design for commercial buildings and residential homes. And I said, well, gosh, we got to we got to get you on the podcast. So here we are kicking off our season four with uh, Sean and Instant Jungle. And I have to just uh, say thanks to Kelly for bringing that to my attention because it's a really great conversation we're going to have today. And as always, we're going to dive into our caregiver wellness news where we're going to look a little bit more at how house plants can help our health, but also the, you know, the neuroprotectiveness of hugging. We're going to look at well home design news. We're going to talk about air care again, going back to greenery and houseplants and also you know the optimism of the color green that really increases as we age so it's something to think about incorporating into your well home design for both yourself and your older loved ones and then of course we're going to end our episode with our me time monday wellness hack and this is going to be on the power of green to help us live colorfully and joyfully so with that let's go ahead and kick off our caregiver wellness news Okay, so for our caregiver wellness news, as I mentioned, January 21st every year is National Hugging Day. And as we all know, during the pandemic, hugs became a no-no, which was a huge concern for me as a gerontologist because I understand the power of hugs in terms of how we thrive and how we survive. Basically, humans are social animals and we do not we do not thrive and we don't survive when we're alone and I'm going to mention the loneliness epidemic that the U.S. Surgeon General recently reported on last year. But when it comes to things like hugging, looking into someone's eyes, touching their hand, but especially giving them a nice warm embrace, what that does is that releases oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is one of our four feel-good hormones that I write about in my new book, Me Time Monday. And uh, so you can read more about them. But What oxytocin does is it actually creates trust and bonding and love among social animals, including humans, but mostly between humans when we are doing that physical touch. So it's a real essential formula for both not only our overall health and well-being, but also our happiness factor. And when you eliminate things that will give you that oxytocin burst, this is where we're going to find a lot more you know, increase in mental health impacts. Uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, one in five Americans report that they have anxiety or depression. And some of it is because we are not understanding how to really harness those feel-good hormones that we can then use 
to bring about better balance in our life for our mental and emotional health, but also for our happiness. So, you know, I think it's really important. And as I said, I, I dive into a lot of both the science, but also the practicality of hugs and, and you know, holding hands and all those great things that, that we are used to doing. Now, one of the things that, as I mentioned, happened during the pandemic, of course, we were all supposed to, you know, uh, have a distance from each other. And it shows you how hard humans want to be together because a lot of the assisted living and memory care communities around the country created what they called the hugging booth. And very similar to what you would think about if you were had a, a, a newborn infant that was maybe premature, purely born, and they're in the NICU, and you can only hold them through putting your hands through these kind of plastic gloves, if you will, in order to touch them in their incubator where they're safe. Very similar situation, but a lot larger, of course, uh, were these hugging booths where you had plastic, but you could wrap your arms around your loved one, still give them a hug, even though you couldn't, you know, be skin to skin. So it's not going to be quite as beneficial. But again, that staring into someone's eyes, feeling the warmth or heat from their body, even hopefully through that plastic protective covering, was giving you a little bit of that oxytocin. Not the optimal, of course, but but a little bit. Now, what's really great is since the pandemic, we have really dived right back into hugging, which is wonderful. And there was a, a actually an assisted living in New York area, and they have a program called Embraceable You. And what they did is they are trying to um, encourage both staff and resident families and the residents themselves to engage in hugging. So what they did is they, you know, asked the residents if they wanted to participate in the program. So they got their opt-in. And if they did, they were given these hugging tokens. And then, uh, again, everybody from visitors to staff or whatever were encouraged to hug each other. And here, I just want to read uh, these results for you because I think they're really compelling. So getting three hugs a day, the res the older residents, that was about the, the top total hugs per day. And the residents who, who were there, about less hopelessness. In fact, it decreased by 97%. They felt less depression. They were more interested in social activities. 88% were more interested in engaging in social activities after their hugs. They were sleeping better, which we all know is great for our health. 71% increased their sleep, their positive good sleep. And they were feeling more energetic. Six out of 10 said, hey, I feel a lot more energetic after getting these hugs. So I think, you know, there's a lot of scientific studies that show us the power of hugs to heal. And in fact, the, the formula, the prescription for releasing enough oxytocin during the day that actually protects your brain, it's called neuroprotectiveness. It's eight hugs per day. That's the prescription. Now, you want to go in for a nice embrace. If you can go uh, heart to heart, that's the optimal hug so that your heart is actually touching uh, the chest area of the person you're hugging's heart. You want to hold it for maybe about 10 seconds. But if you do that eight times a day, you, you're actually giving yourself a, a brain workout in the sense of the oxytocin is protecting your brain from some of the toxins and the debris that we accumulate during the day that can be negative. So I think there's a, there's a lot of power to be said around these hugs. And certainly on National Hugging Day, January 21st, we all got to get out there and get our eight hugs. And by the way, I mentioned loneliness at the top of this. And I want to just mention that in my research that I did for my book, you know, Japan now has cuddle cafes where strangers can go in and get a hug from a stranger. And it, I think it shows how lonely our society has become. And I mentioned the U.S. Surgeon General. So the report that came out last year said one in two adults are chronically lonely. And we know this is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms of your cardiovascular health. It increases your risk for Alzheimer's and dementia by 40% by being chronically lonely. We want to overcome that. And I wrote a blog article recently about the comedic actor that we just lost last year, Matthew Perry, who was on Friends and struggled a lot with addiction to alcohol and drugs. But that did not kill him. Loneliness killed Matthew Perry. And you can read my blog article, but... I think it's a great example of how people who are famous and have all kinds of money, you know, to, to make them happy still may not be happy and can still be lonely. And we have to really address this as, as a society uh, so that we get people out of these mental health slumps and depression as much as we can uh, possibly.
by addressing things like loneliness. So that's that's my little, you know, my little soapbox for the day. Um, now, moving on, um, as I mentioned, January 10th is House Plant Appreciation Day. You know me, I have to come up with all of these great dates that we commemorate. I was really excited to find this one because this really plays into another part of my book, which is around env environmental wellness. And I write a lot about biophilic design. Now, biophilic design, as I mentioned, is love of nature, love of life. And it's a Greek word, but it's all about immersing ourselves in nature. Now, how do you do that if you're spending 95% of your time in your home or in your office, which is what we do now every day? Think about two to three million years ago when we lived out on that African savanna, we were outside all the time. And this is what we crave now in our modern lives. And this is a this is really the theme of my book, is how do we balance, you know, bringing more nature into our lives when we've got all these modern, you know, blockades and barriers that we have in, in having nature. Now, I'm not saying that we should all go sleep outside tonight, but what you can do is you can definitely bring some of that greenery and some of that biophilia into the home environment that actually soothes that ancient brain, makes us feel comforted, makes us feel safe, makes us feel happy. Let's face it, when our brain and through our vision, our five senses are immersed in these environments where we're seeing green, what we know is, okay, you know what? There's a food source. There's a water source. I know I'm going to be okay. And there is, there is a subtle mental health benefit to a lot of this stuff. And I shouldn't even say subtle. Let me let me read to you some of the science that is behind all of the house plants being beneficial for your health. So it reduces cortisol, which is your stress hormone, and it also lowers your heart rate when you see greenery. Uh, it improves your concentration by up to twenty percent and increases your ability to recall information by fifteen to twenty percent. So if you're working in an office environment, you want that plant on your, your your office desk because it is going to definitely improve your performance in terms of your job. But, you know, it also enhances the moisture within your home through a process called transpiration. And what this does is this actually aids in the treatment of minor ailments such as dry skin, colds, and sore throats. Now, I don't know about you. I caught the cold that, you know, it seems like all of America has gotten the sore throat thing went away after a couple of days, but now the cough, right? The cough, cough, cough won't go away. So bringing more plants, and that's what I'm doing. I, I went to the nursery the other day. Bringing more plants into your environment is going to help with some of those things where we don't have to go over the counter and use a lot of the over-counter medications and things. It's as simple as maybe uh, adopting a few more houseplants. Now, you know, a lot of people also do herb gardens, which is great, particularly if as we get older, we can't be in an outside garden or maybe we've downsized our home. We don't have the yard for a garden anymore. You can still be a gardener by bringing herb gardens into your home. And in well-home design, I'll tell you about some other things too that are going on. But, you know, houseplants, we also know uh, relieve pain and help you relax and also you know address things like sad which is seasonal affective disorder a lot of people who live it's during the winter time now where you know we don't have as much sun we don't have as much sunlight and that is affecting again our mental health so having greenery helps with that for older eyes green is the most optimistic color it's also the color we see the longest because it's in the middle of the color spectrum i'm going to talk about that in well home design too but we also know that one of the things that can help is just having that thriving plant that helps remind us about living can be really beneficial, particularly as we age. So with that, I've got the expert, uh, Sean Hallam, as I said, uh, introduced to me by my sorority sister, Kelly. He is the CEO of Instant Jungle. He is going to tell us all the secrets about how do we bring this great biophilic design, these great greenery and houseplants into our home to make us feel not just healthier, but also happier. So to kick off our new year of 2024, the year of living colorfully and living joyfully, I'm really excited to have our guest today, who is Sean Hallam from Instant Jungle. And Sean is going to talk to us about this whole concept of biophilic design, you know, using plants and greenery to really create healing spaces and comforting environments. Uh, part of what I wrote about in my book about environmental wellness, how we bring this greenery into our life to make us feel better. So Sean, welcome to Caregiving Club on Air. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Glad to be here. Well, and you know, we always ask our guests as our first question is, where are we talking to you from? I'm in Orange, California, the city of Orange. Right near me, just, just down the street uh, here Perfect. in Southern California. Perfect place to be talking about greenery and beautiful landscapes Amen. and everything. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, tell us, first of all, before we dive into the topic, tell us a little bit about Instant Jungle and what your business is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So Instant Jungle has been serving Southern California since 1980. And we are all things plants. So we sell plants. We have a full service nursery where we maintain and sell plants, as well as the teams and the service people to go in and uh, provide maintenance and regular care for those plants. Wonderful. And you know, one of the things, Sean, that I wrote about in, in my book that came out last year, Me Time Monday, I had a whole section on what I called environmental wellness. And I, it wasn't necessarily about sustainability and, you know, eco-friendliness. It was more about our environments and how they really help support our health, help support our healing. And we know that greenery and plants have a really important role in that. Now, there's a term called biophilic design. And for those of you out there who haven't heard of this, biophilia is the term for love of life, love of nature. And, and so this biophilic design concept is using nature elements, but particularly greenery, trees, plants, and all of those things, again, to kind of help, help soothe us, create a calming environment. So Sean, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you see biophilic design and what are maybe some of the trends that you're seeing in your business and with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I love that you're, you know, talking about this, writing about this, because I think it really is something that is so inherent in all of us is this attraction, this draw that we have towards, you know, living things and, and plant life uh, in particular and the benefits uh, of doing that. And, you know, we see uh, an increased interest, desire to bring in the natural environment into our urban spaces. You know, I think that Part of our modern society, for good or bad, is that we tend to be spending more and more time in buildings, in our homes, you know, whether it's because we're working from home now or we're just working longer hours and spending more time in the office and just not getting out into nature as much as maybe generations past, we're now starting to see the design and architecture sort of catching up with our current environment and trying to figure out how do we bring more green into our lives, into our living spaces. And so I think, you know, biophilic design itself is, you know, of course, a big trend. And I see that only increasing, you know, we see customers wanting more plants in their spaces. We see living walls. You know, my background here is a, a living wall for those, you know, watching on video. And there's an increased desire and interest to have more of that green. And living walls are sort of a unique way to have a really dense, full green experience that's really hard to replicate almost in any other way. You know, a, a potted plant in a corner is beautiful. That's what I have in my house. But there's something really unique about, you know, a full vertical wall of green that just brings a dense jungle-like experience, which is, you know, really neat and powerful for clients. And we see that both on the commercial front. So in office spaces, more and more living walls, as well as residential clients. We have residential customers. Just yesterday, we did an installation of a living wall at a residence where, you know, individuals are wanting more and more of that, you know, dense green biophilic sense in their homes and, and living walls are a great way to provide that. Yeah. And I love, and, and you're right. If for those of you who are watching us on YouTube on video, Sean has this beautiful background, this beautiful living wall behind him. And 
You know, I think I have seen that too. Some of the restaurants here locally that you go into, you notice like in the front, maybe there's a living wall. I love the fact that residents, uh, you know, residential properties and residential clients are thinking about it. It really is a beautiful design element. And I think all of us can agree when you see that greenery, there's something that happens with the brain that just kind of connects to that naturally makes you kind of feel a little bit, you know, more soothed. We also know with older adults that the color green is actually a really optimistic color because it's it's connects us with living, right? And so I think that's really important as well. You know, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in terms of, you know, there's been discussion about how plants can also help with indoor air quality. Now, I think there was a study by NASA years and years ago. I think that you might need a lot of plants to be able to do that effectively, but <laughs> is there are, are there certain plants or are there certain types of, you know, the number of plants that you would recommend that people bring into the home or into their own loved one's home that might might even help with some air quality? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think you made a great point that, you know, plants shouldn't be the only solution when we think about having, you know, clean, good air, you know, filters and, you know, HVAC, HVAC systems and all of that help. But plants are, are an important part in sort of the overall solution, as I think of it, for clean, healthy air. And there are a few plants, fortunately, these are, you know, easily, easy to access, easy to maintain plants that really help with air quality. One is the spider plant, and it has, you know, nice, fun foliage that kind of sticks out, sort of like spider legs. But spider plants are among the very best air filters that do a great job of absorbing some of those toxins, releasing oxygen. Ficus plants, there are a lot of different variety of ficus plants from kind of little potted plants to trees that can be used indoors. They do a great job as well in filtering the air. And then Sansevieria, these sometimes are called snake plants. They're quite vertical, the you know, leaves stick out vertically. And those are also, you know, low maintenance plants that are great at cleaning the air and, and letting out nice, clean, pure oxygen. Wonderful. And I think, you know, the other thing too is to not just think of maybe plants in the entry or plants in the living room. I mean, but kind of think of every room that you walk into and what's, what is the greenery, you know, that mm -hmm. you can bring in there, which I think is really wonderful. So one of the things you touched upon is part of your service is not only helping clients pick the right plants and, you know, maybe embed the plants and all that, but maintaining the plants, because I know for a lot of, particularly for older adults who you know, they are not getting out into their gardens as much. And now bringing houseplants into the home seems like a lot of work. Family caregivers are really stressed with time, don't have a lot of time to maintain plants. But, you know, how does that, it seems like it would be a great service to have, not only have you come in and maintain the plants, but so there's a little conversation that might go on there. You know, we know there's a loneliness thing sure. going on. So if there's a conversation with your plant maintenance person that could be really beneficial too. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and we don't want plants to be a burden, right? Plants should be fun. It should bring that, you know, sense of calm, should relieve stress. It should bring, you know, optimism and a, a great uh, boost to your day. And so, you know, we have a lot of clients that will maintain their own plants, but as we age or as we get busy, if we're traveling, having a third party service come in and provide the maintenance for your plants is a great solution. You know, we do that for both again residences, we're in homes every day maintaining plants and that's a great way again to sort of relieve the maintenance burden but to be able to enjoy all of the beauty of plants. You know, and I would say Maybe I'll just touch on because I, you know, I recognize that everyone has it in the budget to be able to, you know, hire a service to come in and care for their plants. You know, we get that and and we still want to help, you know, bring the love of plants to folks. And so a couple of maybe pro tips I would share, you know, particularly for folks that don't have a lot of time or that maybe are limited in sort of their physical, you know, abilities to be moving plants around as far as maintenance. One is there, there's a tendency for a lot of folks to think that they should, they buy their plant, they pull it out of the original pot that they bought it in and to plant it directly into their decorative pot. You know, that's what we do outdoors. We, you know, pull it out of, you know, the container came in, we stick it in the ground. Uh, but that actually makes it more difficult to maintain the plant. So we recommend 
keeping the plant in the uh, original grow pot that it came in and then placing that inside of the decorative pot mm-hmm. and 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 you use a little saw kind of a little plastic saucer we sell them you know probably anywhere where you're buying a plant you can also buy the little saucers and what that helps with is it helps you to be able to see what's going on with the moisture levels of the plant watering mm-hmm. is really the primary you know maintenance requirement for plants and so having the plant remain in its existing pot and using the saucer as you water the plant you can see once it's gotten enough water it will start to leak out the drain holes at the bottom and you can regulate the water a, a little bit more easily than if it's directly planted you water it but you can't quite tell okay did it saturate all the way through and then if you overwater it is it leaking onto your floor and causing you know other maintenance right. problems? So I'll I'll offer that up as you know one one pro tip that might help listeners out there as they're looking to maintain plants. Keep it in the grow pot. Use a little saucer. Put all of that inside of your you know beautiful decorative pot, and that will help to ease some of the burden on the maintenance. Okay, that's a great tip I've never heard before, and that that probably is a sign. I I'm one of those people that I love plants, but I think I have a black thumb for some reason. <laughs> I can't I can't sure. figure out the watering situation. Yeah. I'm either overwatering or underwatering, and plants just come into my home and they don't like it. So I need help yeah. from somebody like you. That's a great tip to keep it into the original plotted plant. I'm just looking yes. to see if there's other things that I know we wanted to talk about. Oh, you know, there's there's a trend in gardening. Now, I know mostly you're you're bringing things into buildings, you know, whether it's corporate buildings or whether it's the home. There are trends in gardening, though. And, and I wondered about some of these smaller, like you can bring the garden into your kitchen where you're growing little tomato plants or, you know, certainly we talk in gardening about raising the bed so that an older adult, for instance, doesn't have to bend over or kneel onto a knee pad in order to garden. They have it more at waist level. But are there other trends or other things that you see that would be good for older adults in terms of gardening? Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, So I think one of the things that I would point out just in this broader discussion is, you know, as you're going to buy a plant, whether it's you know, an herb, something you might be growing, out in the garden, in the kitchen, or if it's a, you know, a decorative plant, to have the conversation with the nursery that you're buying the plant from, talk a little bit about your environment, the light levels, where are the windows located, even the orientation of your home. Is it facing, you know, north or south, east or west? To give as much information as you can to the nursery so they can really help you choose a plant that's going to work well for your environment and limit the amount of maintenance required to allow that plant to thrive. And I think one of the things that we've seen is, you know, I think with the proliferation of social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, we see these really beautiful plants in pictures and we say, well, I want that, right? And <laughs> and what we don't see sometimes is the the reality of what that plant would need to thrive. And sometimes our environment just isn't conducive to that, right? A a palm tree isn't going to do as well, you know, in the winters of Colorado than here in in California, right? And and same thing with indoor plants. And so I think we've seen broader interest in plants in general. And I think a need to have a little bit more guidance on the part of those that are selling plants. And as the consumer, I would say, ask for it, you know, tell them what your situation is and you can get the guidance you need really for a plant that's going to work well for you. But, you know, to your point, different trends that we see, particularly for, you know, maybe older folks where there's a limited amount of mobility or just time to be able to care for plants are some, you know, micro gardens, small, maybe it's just a few pots in a window box in the kitchen or otherwise which really can be a very fun addition to someone's life you know something to you know care for but also that you you get the reward of snipping your own basil for pesto that night or grabbing a couple of tomatoes you know for a salsa that you're going to make and i think there's something you know particularly 
rewarding about some of those living plants that you're able to eat or to use in cooking as well. And I think that's definitely a, a trend that we see. Absolutely. I know I feel like my house isn't really completely done, even if it's clean, unless there's a beautiful plant or some greenery <laughs> or something that I can just really enjoy. You know, we we, we're talking mostly about residences and homes, mm -hmm. but I know you also do a lot of work with, you know, commercial buildings. And I know some of our listeners are certainly family caregivers who are working, who are going back to the office, maybe, or as you mentioned, you know, you have your home office. Um, and we and we have a lot of people who are like in HR that listen to the podcast. So I'd love for you to touch upon some of the trends you might be seeing with employers. One of the things I found interesting when I wrote my book is, and they're not necessarily an employer, but Kimpton Hotels has a program now called Plant Pals. And so when you check in, they have a variety of plants and you can decide what plant or plants you want in your room during your stay. And I thought, okay, this is a great trend. I love this. But yeah. what are you seeing in terms of the trends in employers bringing in biophilic design and greenery? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that employers are, are really stepping up their game in the environments that they're trying to create for workers. Both, you know, I think that there's just more awareness for mental health and striving to provide a healthy environment for people to work in, as well as, you know, the reality is they're productivity gains that are also had for employers by creating these environments and plants are one of those things that can help to increase productivity. And so we see employers really trying to be creative and trying to push the boundaries on ways that we can use plants within the office space. We have a, uh, an installation that we're preparing for where we've designed with the client some mobile dividers, you know, rolling dividers that is essentially, you know, a, a planter with, you know, very vertical plants, but that can be moved around to create, you know, divisions within the workspace. And those are coupled with some, you know, moss walls as well as, as, well as potted plants that really create a very living environment. And I think we're going to continue to see, you know, innovative ways that we can integrate plants and plant life into very functional elements of the workspace. And I think we'll we'll see a lot of those innovations start in the commercial space, but then, you know, with time be available in our residential as, you know, residential solutions as well, things that we can buy to, you know, create living spaces. So those are some of the trends that we've seen in the office space. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, as someone who works in gerontology and my expertise is more in neuroscience, we don't really fully understand the or appreciate maybe that our brains are really connected to this plant life. It is part of what calms us and soothes us and heals us. And so the more that we can integrate that into our environments, you know, the better off we're going to be. Sean, it is so wonderful talking to you. I think we've covered all the topics. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience as a, you know, a, a parting comment for 2024 thinking about, I will tell you that uh, the exciting news is the Global Wellness Institute, which I do some work with and follow, has said that, you know, getting our hands into the soil and biophilic design are the top trends for 2024 mm. and beyond. So I think you're on the cutting edge of some really great <laughs> stuff. Yes, no, absolutely. You know, I think, and this is speaking to myself as it is speaking to anyone, anyone else as well. But, you know, I would say, let us all just take, you know, a few minutes for ourselves to take a step back and reconnect. And I think that one of the most powerful ways that we can do that is with nature. Yeah. And if that's, you know, getting out and going on a hike, or if that's, you know, going to your local nursery and buying a plant, I would encourage all of us to do that, you know, for our own wellness, for a more prosperous 2024. And, uh, you know, I think as we do that, it allows us to feel grounded, it allows us to feel better. And also it allows us to turn out outside of ourselves and uh, strive to bless and, and help and be able to be more capable of caring for others as well. Wonderful. Well, Sean, tell us where our listeners can connect with you and with Instant Jungle. And also tell us a little bit about, you know, are you mostly working with local clients or do you work beyond, you know, the Southern California area? Just give us a little sense of that. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find us at instantjungle.com. 
And there is our contact information, a lot of resources about different varieties of plants and blog posts on uh, a variety of different topics. And we spend most of our time serving clients from you know Santa Barbara down to San Diego here in the Southern California area. But we've done many projects all throughout the US, more often than not in the living wall space. That's an area where we have some expertise and where we've specialized a little bit. And so we've had, you know, clients all over the U.S. where we've been able to install some of those walls. So we encourage listeners, encourage anyone to reach out to us, you know, whether it's to sell you a plant, provide service, or just to be a resource for you, we're happy to help. Well, wonderful. What's on my 2024 wish list to have you come do a living wall in my home. So (laughs) you'll you'll be hearing from me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Well, Sean, thanks so much for kicking off our year of living colorfully and joyfully in 2024 with this wonderful interview. We really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Sherry. Take care. Wasn't that great information from Sean? Really terrific insights as to what houseplants and greenery can do to boost both our health and happiness while at home. So I want to now turn to Well Home Design News and going along with the same theme for January 10th being National Houseplant Appreciation Day. It's a great opportunity to take a look around your house and, you know, see where maybe there might be some places where you could put some of these great houseplants. So let's talk a little bit more about that. First of all, I talked in the Caregiver Wellness News piece about more of the health benefits, both physical and mental health benefits. But let's now turn to air care, which is a really big issue. I think ever since the pandemic, a lot of people have been more interested in, you know, the kind of pollutants and toxins and other things that can be in the air in our homes. You know, we're using a lot of different products and services and HEPA filters and all these types of things. But plants can be one of the most powerful tools that we have to really improve air care in our home. So let me read you a few things that I've got for you here. First of all, the research has shown that houseplants can decrease carbon dioxide concentration from 2000 ppm to about 480 ppm in less than one hour. So just one hour putting a plant indoors is going to bring those carbon dioxide levels down that make it easier for breathing and all those types of things. And, and hopefully also, by the way, you've got carbon mono, you know, carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide uh, alarms and, and alerts in the same way you have your smoke alarms. So that's going to help as well. But this is really going to really pur- help purify your air. Now, the plants do this by reducing the CO2 concentrations and improving air quality. Now, in our home offices or even in our office buildings, CO2 causes headaches, fatigue, and dizziness. So very often, you know, we might think that we've got a cold or we're getting the flu or, you know, maybe we didn't eat something or whatever, and we don't think about the air quality. And, and, and I think this is a great opportunity to take a pause and think about air quality in our homes and how that might be exacerbating things like headaches or, or other aches and pains that we might have. Now, the houseplants are going to reduce your nitrogen dioxide by about 20%, and that's just with five houseplants throughout your home. So if you think about it, that's really kind of maybe like putting one houseplant in each room. You can certainly also cluster them if you if you spend more time, obviously, in an office area or a living room or a bedroom. You can put a lot more plants together in those areas. But the prescription is five house plants are going to definitely make a difference in your air quality in your home. Now, in my book, I talk about some of the toxins and pollutants specifically tied to certain house plants. I'm not going to necessarily go through them here. Hopefully you'll buy my book and you can learn more about that. Sean also just gave us some really great insights, but just really quickly, let me tell you the, the ones that I found from my research and also NASA did a whole air pollution report that was actually done back, I think it was in the 1990s. Uh, it's quoted in my book, but you know, about house plants. And so the best ones are mini palms, Also, the spider plants, which I think Sean mentioned, those are usually the top of the list, the spider plants. English ivy, but it doesn't have to be a specific type of ivy. That English ivy is really good. Aloe vera plants, of course, and then small bamboo. Those are kind of the top five. 
And those are easily found at most nurseries. Again, you can get them in small formats or you can get, you know, larger holders, plant holders and containers for them and have them in a corner. But it's not only going to add that visual health that we get from those multi-sensory, you know, the vision of seeing green in the home, but also now it's going to help with the smells and, and you know, clearly the air care in our homes. Well, a lot of you are, are avid gardeners. My mom, I know, is a top-notch gardener. But, you know, as we get older, as I mentioned, we might be downsizing. We don't have yards anymore. Maybe with aches and pains, arthritis, it gets a little bit harder to garden outside. And so there's a couple of things that I just wanted to note. So in addition to the house plants you know you can also bring herb gardens into a kitchen windowsill you, there's also something that we mentioned on our third annual holiday gift guide called the i think it's called the arrow let me look at here right it's the arrow garden and what that is is hydroponic system with led growth lights that promote a compact indoor gardening system using water but not the mess of soil or pests. So you really bring the garden inside, but you make it so much easier on yourself because you don't have that the dirt and soil everywhere. Now you're not getting your hands in the soil, which we know can be very healing and therapeutic, um, but you're also not bringing those pests into the home. Now, um, the one we liked, as I mentioned, was called Arrow Garden. Uh, it stands about 12 to 24 inches high. So it you know, can easily be placed in a room or in a kitchen on a counter. Um, and it mimics natural sunlight to help the plants germinate up to five times faster than in soil. And they grow all year long. So you don't need to worry about seasonality or perennials or, you know, all those different references that we have to different plants. It'll grow all year, all year long. And you can from different types of gardens. You can pick an herb garden. You can also pick things like tomatoes and peppers that maybe you want to grow, or maybe it's flowers. And it uses a touch-sensitive and limited control panel. Reminds you when to add water and plant food, and it makes it really simple and worry-free. This is perfect for somebody like me because I, as I mentioned to John, I have a watering defective gene. I, I either overwater or I underwater. Whatever it is I'm supposed to do, I'm not doing it right. So this is perfect because this is going to tell me exactly when I need to water and how much I need to water in my garden, in my home. And, you know, these range anywhere from about $80 to $140 or whatever. So just something to think about. It's a great gift for an older loved one who still wants to have that gardening. The other thing I just want to do a quick shout out, because in addition to our homes and our offices, hotels are now picking up on this whole, you know, houseplant for health kind of trend. And Kimpton Hotels, for instance, I write about this in my book, Anytime Monday, Kimpton Hotels has actually has a program now called Plant Pals. And so when you check into the hotel, you can decide which plants you want brought to your room and they'll bring them up to your room. And obviously for your stay, you get this beautiful greenery. Very often in hotels, we don't have gorgeous views unless we're paying a whole lot of money for that hotel room. Just to have some greenery in the room, I think, again, we're, we're kind of making sure that our biophilic love for nature and for life is, is you know, kind of mobile, right? It's going with us. So I thought that was really interesting. And this is definitely a trend that we're seeing, obviously, in senior living and assisted living and memory care, but now also in, you know, hotels and resorts. The other quick thing I want to do a shout out about is, you know, this whole biophilic design I've been talking about. I'm super passionate about it. It's kind of one of my new favorite things in terms of the whole overall wellness as we age and also for our older loved ones. And our podcast on, um, it was actually season two, episode 11. We talked to Steve Nygren, who is the founder of Serenby, which is a biophilic design community about 30 minutes outside of Atlanta. Very, very interesting talk with Steve about how he conceived of this community. He built it all around biophilic design. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's the most serene, wonderful place. And, you know, we talk a lot about that on the podcast. So you may want to go ahead and check that out. So with all this great information, I'm now going to switch to our Me Time Monday wellness hack. And of course, as you can tell, if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm wearing my green today. We've been talking about greenery and biophilic design. So of course, our Me Time Monday wellness hack is going to be about the power of green to create joy in our lives. So here is our Me Time Monday wellness hack. I'm Sherry Snelling, and welcome to our Me Time Monday Wellness Hack. 
This episode, we focus on the calming, rejuvenating feelings we get from the color green based on the color psychology research from my new book, Me Time Monday. Why is green so powerful in calming us down? The healing and comforting color of green goes back to our ancient beginnings. It all has to do with the neuroscience of our ancient brains and our five senses of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. Over hundreds of thousands of years ago, in fact, two to three million years ago, we lived on the African savanna. There were wide open spaces and we could see any predators or prey approaching. The green grassy area let us know there was food and water sources. The mosaic of green leaf trees gave us shelter from sun and rain and protection from predators where we could climb to safety. The fresh air, blue skies, and light and dark periods of night and day set our senses and our body clocks for health to this kind of living environment. To feel secure and stress-free, we need to replicate this ancient environment so our home designs bring about the optimal wellness we felt on the African savanna. And by bringing in green plants to oxygenate the air that also remind us of living and growing, or by painting a wall lush green or using green decor, we create a healthier, happier, and more hopeful place to live. Green is often associated with being outside, yet we spend 95% of our time indoors with all types of technology that has only evolved over the last 100 years. Things like air conditioning, TVs, video games, computers, washing machines, dishwashers. Research has shown staying indoors, especially during daylight hours, makes us less well. In 1858, Central Park was built in the middle of a fast-growing New York City. While we think of Central Park as a place for meeting friends for lunch at one of the many restaurants in the park, taking a walk, riding boats on the lake, or playing an impromptu touch football game, it was actually built for getting the city's population outside into fresh air and was called the poor man's lung. Frederick Lom Law Olmsted, who designed and built Central Park, said it was the lungs of the city to fight the rampant disease in unsanitary and cramped living quarters especially among the city's poor populations. With 39 million square feet of trees and 290,000 trees throughout the park that oxygenate the air, or what we now call forest bathing, it was the largest public health initiative ever undertaken for its time. When it comes to scientific studies, researchers found that children exposed to green spaces had lower levels of oxidative stress. In fact, green spaces appear to have a special quality that is lacking in other public areas. Contact with green space can provide restoration from stress and mental fatigue. This so-called restorative quality of nature is backed up by results of national surveys in several countries, which have consistently shown that people consider contact with nature one of the most powerful ways to obtain relief from stress, regardless of culture or where you grew up. There is a term in wellness often associated with the color green, and it is called biophilia, which means love of life or love of nature in Greek. Research on healthy living shows more greenery in both outdoor and indoor environments can improve cardiovascular health, reduce depression, and increase mental health. Researchers at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health found in a study of 100,000 women that those who lived near more green spaces had a 12% lower mortality rate than those living in locations with fewer plants and greenery. Another study found patients in a hospital room with a nature view on trees and greenery were discharged twice as fast and needed less pain medication than those in a standard hospital room with no windows. And yet another study found a decreased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's in adults over age 60 who lived in biophilic designed environments. When it comes to our homes, green can also help us overcome seasonal affective disorder. During the colder winter months, when our landscapes are void of the energetic reds and oranges, pinks, yellows, and greens of spring and autumn, the life-affirming color of green provides an energetic, life-affirming feeling, even if it is a perennial plant or green couches or pillows. This is why the newest trend in wellness is called green exercise, whether done indoors or outdoors, looking upon nature. Green is a powerful color. 
From an emotional standpoint, green makes most people feel refreshed and relaxed. It falls into the cool category of colors when we talk about color psychology. In fact, it is almost in the middle of the color spectrum, making it one of the colors we see the longest even as our eyes grow older. Because it is considered a cooler color as opposed to warmer colors such as oranges and reds, our eyes do not have to adjust to see green because it uses a shorter wavelength. Green has been shown to calm the body, reduce respiration, and lower blood pressure, which is why surgeons often wear green-blue scrubs in operating rooms to calm patients. Scientists have also explored green in terms of optimism and hope. In one study, more people were likely to recall positive words written in green, leading researchers to theorize that green carries more positive emotional connotations. A different study published in Psychology and Aging found that hues of green are considered the most optimistic colors, especially as we age. And in another study, participants exposed to the color green experienced increased feelings of hope and decreased fear of failure, kind of how we feel when we find a four-leaf clover. Now, green is also the color of some of our favorite pop culture characters, especially from early childhood and our teen years, when our brains are still imprinting our feelings about good and bad influences. Our cast of green characters includes Kermit the Frog, the Grinch, who does grow a heart in the end, the Green Hornet, the Hulk, and certainly the wise Jedi Master from the Star Wars series, Yoda. Green influences in childhood may mean better health later in life. One study found growing up near nature can reduce cellular aging and maybe even more beneficial than exercise in children. While another study found that kids and adults who regularly get out into nature eat more healthily, especially leafy greens and vegetables. Beyond childhood, green color tones sparked more positive effects in older adults when it comes to memory and recall. And as we age, vision starts to change because at age 60, the pupils need three times the light needed when we are age 20. The eye translates light into colors and the human retina identifies colors between 400 and 700 nanometers. With the color green located at about 500 nanometers, it is the easiest color for the retina to perceive. This makes hues of greens the best color choice for older eyes, whether it is home design, clothing, for marketing messages. We hope you enjoyed this Me Time Monday wellness hack. Each episode of our Caregiving Club on-air podcast features a new Me Time Monday wellness hack. You can find these and more in my new book, Me Time Monday, the weekly wellness plan to find balance and joy for a busy life, or visit metimemonday.com or caregivingclub.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Caregiving Club on Air. Please hit the subscribe button to listen to us on our newest channels. Amazon Music, SiriusXM, iHeartRadio, Pandora, as well as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and other listening channels. Check out all the resources and article links on our episode guide page at caregivingclub.com. Just hit the podcast tab at the top and email us with comments or questions at podcast at caregivingclub.com. Thank you again for listening. Take care and stay well.